just greet all of you in the name of the Lord, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I'd like to welcome you this morning to the creating a proud culture for God. Y'all just stand by this morning. We're going to get started here. All participants are muted and they can unmute themselves. Well, amen, amen. Praise the Lord. Again, like I said, this is Pastor Lester and Sharon Hayes, amen, pastors of New Freedom Christian Ministry. Uh, like to welcome all of you this morning. We do have one with us this morning, none other than our very own pastors, Eric and Phoebe Davis of More Than Conquered Warrior Christ Ministry. And we thank God for our church family joining us this morning, getting up, making the sacrifice. We know God is going to reward you and bless you for the effort, for the sacrifice that you make to seek after him together with us. Amen. And we thank God for all of our extended family uh, this morning that joined us from different various locations this morning. We do appreciate you. Amen. Because if it wasn't no you, then it wouldn't be no need for all of this. Amen. 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 And so because the Lord said when two or three gather together in his name, there I am in the midst. And without him being in the midst, there is no work that we could do. It, you know, and, and so we thank God this morning that we're working that we might live again. We're working that we may continue to do the work of an evangelist, do the work of the ministry of reconciliation, because we know that there are still lost brothers and sisters, friends and family, co-workers, you know, people that are out there that don't know Jesus Christ. Amen. Heading in the wrong direction. And we want them to be able to repent because that's what the Lord wants, that word repent. He wants them to turn to a 180 and go in a new direction. Amen. And so how can they do it if they don't believe he is who he say he is? And how can they believe except there be be no preachers and, you know, and, and men and women of the, with the gospel evangelists, you know, that will go out and tell them about the good news of Jesus Christ, that he came to seek and to save them. Amen. They won't have a chance because we know that faith in him comes by hearing and, 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 and you know, and they got to believe. And how can they believe if they don't hear? And how can they hear except there be a preacher that would tell them, amen, teach them and show them how. You know, we want this to be a how-to experience. Amen. You know, people want to, but they don't know how to. And we got to tell them how to. We got to walk them through the simple, basic steps because some folks make it so hard and so difficult, man, to just believe in Jesus. And he said, if you come to me, you got to first believe that I am who I say I am, and I'll do what I say I'll do. I say I'm the Savior of the world. I'll save you. There's no other name by which men can be saved. The basic step starts right there. You know, as you approach Jesus, as you hear about Jesus, you got to believe. He always asks them, do you believe I can do this? Do you believe I can save you? Do you believe I can heal you? Do you believe I can deliver you? Do you believe? You know, and so once that happens, he says, look, you're no longer condemned, but if you believe not, then you're already condemned. Amen. That's self-condemnation, you know. He gives everybody that option and that choice because he says in the book of Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 19, the King James Bible, I have called heaven and earth. I've said it before you, and I've called heaven and earth the day that I sat before you to witness against you that I have set before you life and death. And this is not a life and death choice that you make just for you. He said, but it's for you and your seed and your children and future generations that you, and I tell you to choose life. He said, because the other option is death. And nobody should choose death. Amen. But we should acknowledge that life and death comes from the Lord and if he gives you a choice and then gives you the right answer to the choice but then I'm going to go with what Jesus said. I'm going to choose life. Choose it not only for me but for my seed and my seed seed. Choose it for everybody to come in contact even those on the line this morning you and your family. I'm choosing life for you in the Holy Ghost. 
Amen. Your co-workers on your job, your people in your community, where you shop at. I'm choosing life for them this morning because Jesus Christ come to give life to men everywhere. And he's the light of all men. And so we thank God that a great light has come near us. It has shone upon us. And I'm here to tell you the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ is still shining. Every time we talk about it, every time we take this word and open this word up, a light comes on. And when we begin to share this word, uh, even a brighter light comes on because it penetrates the heart. It is so powerful and it's so quick and it's so sharp. It's like a two-edged sword cutting asunder between the dividing of soul and spirit, bone and marrow. And it is the discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart of man. And the Bible says in the book of uh, uh, Psalms, I think it's chapter 119, verse 130 maybe, it says at the instance of thy word, Lord, it giveth light. And we know that God has sent his word, man, to be a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. We know that he sent his word to revive us and to give us life. And so if you have an issue and problems and notes of somebody who are just invite them to hear the word of the Lord because the Bible says without faith it's impossible to please God we're not doing this just to give you a whole bunch of scriptures and whatnot so you can you know so you can you know have a whole bunch of scriptures but, but what we want is for faith to come because without faith it's impossible to please God and we know you can't have faith according to the book of Romans chapter 10 verse 17 without the word amen and so faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word and that word hearing that when you look in the translation, it means this. It means a springing forth. It's like a new day dawning. Some new revelation lights up. Something new that you never heard before or saw before begins to take shape and begin to, you begin to visualize it. And you know how it is sometimes when you're sitting in church or you're sitting and you hear a word maybe on TV or something or you read and it just springs forth and you say, oh my God, that's for me, man. And then sometimes y'all bold enough to go tell the preacher, preacher, that word was for me today. You know, you'll bump your neighbor sitting next to you and say, that, now they're talking to me right there. Well, see, that's how simple the springing forth is when you hear that word and you know it's for you. It's got your name all over it, your toes, or you're turning your toes because you feel like somebody's stepping on your toes. No, that's what happens when you hear the word. You know, that word hearing is, is a spiritual word. It means a springing forth. It lights up. It makes sense, you know, and, and, and then we make it so hard and difficult because we heard it and then when we when we step out of church, man, we forget it, amen. And we got to put it away in our hearts that we sin not against God. How else am I going to be able to walk by faith and not by sight? So we thank the Lord this morning for his holy word. And we pray this morning that... Uh, the redeemed of the Lord would say so. And so, Father, we just thank you this morning. Let the words of our mouth and the meditation of our heart this morning be acceptable in your sight. O oh, Lord, our firm and penalty Barak and our Redeemer, we just pray this morning. Thank you for your word, O oh God. May we delight ourselves in it. May it be a counsel for us throughout the ages to come in every generation, Father. We stand on your word this morning, and we thank you for your holy word this morning. So let's get in here this morning. Again, welcome all of you from around the world that are chiming in, joining us this morning. Not going to be before you long, share a few scriptures this morning, and then we're going to get you off of here so you can come back at 1030 this morning for praise and worship and at 11 o'clock joining us again for the ministry of the word today from two of our dynamic speakers, Minister Smith and Minister Biggers. Amen. We give God praise. We give him glory. We give him honor for all of you this morning. And again, we want you to feel welcome this morning. So let's pray and get into our Father's word. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, Lord, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debt towards. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is your kingdom, the power, and the glory. Lord, it all belongs to you. 
Amen. Holy Ghost, now we ask you to give us a word of wisdom. We ask you to bring everything back to our remembrance that we studied and prepared for this hour. And Holy Ghost, we just thank and praise you this morning for sanctifying us with our word. That word is truth. And God, we give you praise. God, we claim in victory right now in advance of hearing the word this morning. We come believing by faith this morning that we're going to hear a word from the Lord. We're going to be more increased this morning because, Father, we come to seek you this morning. And you said, they that seek me early, they shall find me when they seek me with all of their heart, all of their strength, all of their mind, all of their might. And that's who we are this morning. We look to you this morning. I have to finish the of our faith. And we say we love you this morning. We thank you, Father, for allowing us to be on this creating a proud culture for God in the morning. We thank you. We don't take it for granted. Use it for your glory in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. We're going to pick up our Bible study this morning, get back into the Father's word this morning. Over in the book of John, uh, John's gospel, uh, over in the fifth chapter, amen, and we're going to pick up at verse 8. We stopped at verse 7 uh, last Thursday, amen, and we're going to pick up our study at verse 8, amen, and we talked about uh, what is essential uh, when you enter into a relationship with a God that we've never seen, a God that we've never known, uh, we're seeking after that God, you know, with the, we take the little knowledge that we've learned of him. And, it, and it, is, it is a little bit because he's so vast and it's so much until it's only a little bit that we've already learned, even though we think we've learned a lot. There's so much more that our eyes have not seen, our ears have not heard, nor has it entered into the heart of man. The things that God is withholding from them who love him. Amen. And uh, I want to read a verse of scripture here to you real quick. And it may it may tie to the lesson and it may not. But I was just meditating on this verse uh, this morning early in my prayer time up in my room. And uh, it's out of the book of Galatians chapter uh, two, verse 20. And a lot of you probably know this verse of scripture. Amen. But what I want to say to you is this. When Christ Jesus is the center focus of your life, he's the head of your life. Uh, he's the one that, that, that directs your life. You know, when you when 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 that be the case, you know, we can never be misled by anyone or anything else. I, I hope you hear me this morning. When you make him the, the, the center of everything you do in your Christian walk. Now, granted, I know we deal with people, man, in the natural world sometimes, but always remember now, go back to, we're in this world, but we're not of this world. And so Jesus want to actively be, be there too, because we have the Holy Spirit, who is God with us, Emmanuel, and he walks alongside of us. Now, you may not physically see him, but spiritually know that he's there. He is a, he's a, he's a spirit of God. He's the spirit of truth, and he's there to be a counselor to us. He's there to be a guide to us. He's there to remind us, you know, and the Bible says he's a paraclete, meaning one that comes alongside, walks alongside. So you're never out of his presence, and so you can never be misled if Christ is in you and you are in Christ. I hope y'all hear me this morning. You can never be misled. Being misled is a choice you make. People choose to go in a different direction. People choose to go back out there and, 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 and delve in things in the world and get themselves all snared up and in trouble. People choose to say the things they say sometimes, you know. And so, you know, and it's all about that court of pop, that, uh, public opinion. We get, we get caught up in people's opinions sometimes, and we begin to veer away from 
the one who's walking right alongside of us to be a counselor, to be a reminder. And sometimes he nudges you in your spirit and you know it's him because you're feeling a little funny when somebody say something or you feeling a certain way. You know that's, that's, that's God trying to let you know you're getting ready to be misled by your own your own choice about your own feelings and what gets you in trouble is how you feel about stuff sometimes how you let stuff affect you sometimes you gotta you gotta you gotta walk in the victory that you have you can't walk in defeat you know you can't walk in uh, opinions and all of that you got to know because it's so easy so easy to be misled these days because there's so much good information out there there's so much stuff out there that sound godly but it's not godly it has a form to it the bible calls it a way unto man that seemeth right but the end thereof leadeth to the way of destruction and so i'm telling you this morning because i don't want anybody to be misled okay nobody to be misled amen and so god is trying to help us man because he wants us to make it but we got to want god to help us so we can make it because there's no other way amen no other way be very very careful so let me read you this verse of scripture and i'm gonna go back to to my uh to my teaching but this 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 might all just tie in but it just came fresh before i came downstairs as i was praying this morning and again it's in the book of galatians amen and it's verse two i mean chapter two verse 20 and because we got to be able to defend our faith against uh, uh, against physical enemies and invisible enemies you know those feelings are those invisible things they're real to you but they're not really real to anybody else and sometimes you try to make them real to people because that's what you talk about you know and then they they kind of take over and you get you get so far gone with your feelings your emotions you know how somebody hurt you how somebody offended you and most of the time offended people they they play the victim role and what they do they go find other victims of people that they know been victimized and they get this conversation going and before you know it you done got off of the straight and the narrow now and now victims are, are, are sharing their offenses with other victims and now they start picking up stuff from years ago or whenever and whatever and before you know it, you engulfed in that whole conversation and you start indulging in that conversation and now your feelings drag you down a little bit further now you'll get a little bit further in the dump and you start coming up with all kind of stuff and you mess around and call your last victimized friend and they call their now you got more people coming into the into the pool and now you got this you got everybody man in the community now man all tripping off of you playing the victim or because of your offense. You don't share your offense with other people. You take it to God. And why are you offending anyway if you've died to all those things? Your feelings, your emotions, if God has saved you and delivered you from them. You know, that's what we call dying daily. And because you have to understand, if you are crisis, you cannot be misled unless you choose to. And that's misleading yourself. And so let's look at this verse of scripture here. Again, I said it's in the book of Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. And it's talking about defending the gospel, defending the gospel. You know, that's what we're supposed to be doing, hanging on to my profession and my confession. Let nobody pull me away. Paul talked about losing my crown. Don't let nobody steal your crown. You got to hang on to that thing, man. Look at verse 20, what he says here. He says, being crucified with Christ. Listen to what Paul said. He said, I am. Now he's talking about himself. And put your name in there. Lester Hayes, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but the Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, he acknowledges we living in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. And so we got to allow Christ 
that live in our lives, just like Paul said, and through our body in the flesh. That's, that's, that's our, our choice. We have to let that happen. It's like uh, what Pastor Sharon taught us a few weeks ago about Philippians, uh, book of Philippians chapter 2, verse 5. It said, let this mind be in you, be also in you that was in Christ Jesus. It's letting God's life materialize in us. And how we do this is every time we hear the word, you got to see it as a, as a spiritual magnet that's drawing you closer to Christ and Christ closer to you. It's like a merging taking place. And he's trying to pull you away from operating your feelings, your offenses, your emotions, and all that stuff. And he's doing it by love. He's doing it by sharing the truth with you so you don't get so opinionated about stuff. So you don't play the victim, but you play the victor. Victorious. And so, amen, I, that, that just came to me this morning as I was praying. And, and I ate it up, y'all. It was good to me. And I said, man, I tell you, I thank God. For people who seek God and his way of doing things, because we're going to see today in the teaching how people came to a certain place to seek healing. Pastor Sharon, mm -hmm. there was a porch, five porches, a multitude of people, and they all came there seeking healing. But what good does it do to seek healing and not seek the healer? Come on. And that's what a lot of people do. You know, they want to seek pastors or ministers or leaders after their own heart and fail to seek uh, the ministers and the pastors and the counsel of those who are after God's own heart. That's the key right there. And so if you're seeking those who be after God's own heart, why not you be after God's own heart? You know, I'm after his own heart. I understand that we're pastors. The book of uh, Jeremiah chapter three, verse 15, <coughs> Jeremiah prophesied that God has given us pastors after his own heart, not after the heart of the people. There's so many people out here in this world right now, man, they're, 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 they're hungry, they're thirsty for leadership that will cater everything to please them and not please God. And this is what Paul is talking about. Paul said, I'm crucified to all that stuff. I used to do that for Caesar. I no longer do that. You know, Paul said, I allow Christ to live in me and I allow him to work through my body. I present my body to him as a living sacrifice, holding something to God without spot or without wrinkle. You know, he is, my body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. You know, he said, ain't let none of that stuff dwell in me. You know, no unclean thing, you know. And so no opinionated thing. You know, I'm not a victim. I'm a victor. Amen. We fight from the position of victory, you know, not for the victory. Amen. We are crucified to that stuff, you know. And so let's pick up here, man, in verse number eight of the book of John, chapter five. And try to get down to, uh, you know, as far as we can go, amen, amen, not going to be long. But here we see uh, a situation where Jesus shows up at this pool uh, in Bethesda. It, it, you know, it was, a, it was five porches, a lot of impotent, sick folks there. But Jesus horns in on this one particular man who had had this certain issue for 38 years. Now, he'd been coming there, no family members, no friends, nobody pushing around in a wheelchair. And he'd been making his way there. And every time he gets there, man, and, and I don't know, maybe he gets overwhelmed seeing all these other people, these other victims around him may have worse physical problems than he have. And I could picture a crowd where it probably slowed him down from getting in because y'all know how it is when something good shows up. They have a, a, a you know Black Friday sale or 80% off sale and 
people line up, man, five and six hours, sometimes days and weeks before the sales start. And boy, don't let nobody come up there, man, and that, that may be disabled. And they roll their wheelchair all the way up to the front. You've been standing in that line. Man, you get a man, you man, you get a, a, a fight or a brawl broke out in a heartbeat. And so this man, I don't know what was his challenge or his problem, but I just know he shows up every year. Been doing that for 38 years just to get in this pool as the angel troubles the water, man, and people jump in and get healed. And he'd been missing the boat, man, all that time. But this particular day when he shows up at the pool, Jesus been making his way to the feast in Jerusalem, and he just happened to stop by the pool and sees this man. And he horns in on him, all these impotent, sick people there. Jesus horns in on this one man. You know, when it's your time and God's got something for you, it's just your time. He'll look through the crowd and see you just like he did the woman who had the issue of blood. You know, Jesus is like that, man. He, he, you know, once he, once he sees your infirmity, man, you know, he ain't got to get no permission from nobody else. If he want to heal you, he going to heal you. If he want to save you, he going to save you. We don't know. That's why we can never write nobody off because it ain't us no way. It's Christ. It's Christ in us. So let's see what this conversation continue to take place. So let me just read verse 7 so we can go right into verse 8. He said, the impotent man answered him, sir, I have no man, first mistake, when the water is troubled, to put me into the pool. But while I am coming, another step is down before me. Yes, this helpless soul, helplessness, was over because he'd not come in contact with Jesus. It was his time. What God had for him, he was about to receive it. Jesus Christ was the only, I mean the one and only one who showed some interest in helping him because he was the only one that could help this poor helpless soul. You know, my God, man, that give hope to some folks right there. Why? Why was it like this? Because he had no family and no friends that help him. Man, do we know a lot of folks who fall into these kinds of situations right now with this coronavirus and all these other infirmities and sicknesses and diseases that have plagued this earth right now, man, and have devastated families right now, especially poor communities. The world is today full of these kinds of people. Let's acknowledge that. Amen. Full of them. They are everywhere and anywhere that you turn. Hospitals are overrunning, overcrowded right now. They're all around us. And this is why we today going to deal with the subject of the revelation of Jesus Christ, who has the power and the authority over all life and all lives. Doesn't matter how sick you are, how ill you are, how long you've had it. Doesn't matter if it's 38 years or longer. Doesn't matter. Jesus Christ came to let people get this revelation of him. He demonstrated this everywhere he went. He didn't just say it. He did it. A lot of times he didn't say nothing. He was just so moved and so touched by their infirmities until he ministered the kingdom of the father, told them about God, told them, if you see me, you see the father. Then he asked them a question. Do you believe I can do this? Do you believe this can happen for you? And it's all about your faith. It's all about your faith. It ain't about my faith. It's about your faith. And we know faith coming by hearing and hearing by the word. Now, Jesus had been teaching for a while, so the fame of him had already gone out. There was an expectation that he would come to their city, and he showed up. So it wasn't like they were ignorant. You know, it just took the man a few minutes in the conversation to find out who he was. Once he found out who he was, and that's the key right there, the healing, knowing who the healer is, not just what he can do, but knowing who he is. It's important. 
the living revelation of Jesus Christ, knowing that he's got all power in his hand. He's got all authority over sickness, disease, infirmity, you know, and over life, all life. You know, and this man now is realizing this. Amen. So let's pick up in verse eight. So I want to minister today a little bit for a few minutes here from that subject. Okay, Jesus Christ has all power and authority over life, period. Head to tail, it doesn't matter. I don't care what condition you're in. He's got the power and the authority over it, you know, your life. Amen. And so here we go, verse 8. Jesus said unto him, rise. Look at that command right there. Rise, take up thy bed, my God, and walk, my God. It's right there and then when Jesus Christ releases his power. Okay, he did it through his spoken word. <clears throat> Notice Jesus wasn't wishing, you know, he wasn't cupping his hands and, and binding on his head. He released some power and authority over this man's life. You know, told him to write. It was his spoken word that came out of his mouth, you know. This is the power that's in the spoken word. Rise, roll up your bed, take it up, and walk. Time for the church man to start walking in this power and in this authority. But we got to couple that with the word of God. Because it's on the pages in the Bible telling them to go read some scriptures and all of that. You know, that's just logos, written word, the letter. But when you speak that word over them, that becomes rhema. It becomes alive. It becomes powerful, quick and sharp. Cuts, you know, cuts them free from that infirmity. Delivers them, you know. Now they know the truth and they believe it. They can be free. Verse 9, he says, and immediately, listen to this, and immediately the man was made whole and took up his bed. Notice now, immediately when the spoken word is heard, miracles show up. You know, deliverance shows up, healing, breaking free. You know, springing forth. Remember hearing the word springing forth. It sprung forth. The revelation hit this man that this man has spoke with power and authority. And now over my life, I'm free. No longer bound. Chains dropping off of me. You know, man, look at what he said. And immediately <coughs> the man was made whole. When Jesus speaks, man, and say something, it happens. It has an immediate effect. And he took up his bed and walked. And on the same day was the Sabbath. That didn't mean nothing to Jesus what day he did this miracle. That's man stuff. There. That's tradition of men right there. Get all in the way sometimes and block people, deny people. You know, from uh, for some religious folks, man, the spoken word can create a sinister problem for them uh, if, go, if it goes against uh, their religious belief or their tradition of men, which we know he's already said makes the glorious gospel of no effect. No doubt. Now, there were some spies at the pool, too, watching everything Jesus did. No doubt. Some people took off men and ran back and told the priests, the scribes, the Pharisees at the temple what Jesus was doing at the pool. You know, no doubt. Trying to defend. Remember, trying to defend their tradition, their way of doing things, you know. And our job is to defend the gospel because we preach and teach the gospel. And so we see this right here, man. We see them running and telling religious folks, telling everybody, man, about what Jesus had did. You know, that created a problem for Jesus. They were already mad at him. They already sought to kill him. And now he's doing this at the pool with all these impotent sick folks. I can just see the reaction of people seeing this man who they knew his track record, 38 years. I could just see now other people turning to Jesus that was trying to get in that water. 
because I believe it was a crowd effect, you know, and everybody was trying to get in, but they couldn't get in. I believe there were other folks, and I believe they saw what Jesus was doing and heard what he said to this man, saw it happen immediately. I believe some of them forgot about the pool, and they turned to Jesus. Mm. You know, that's what it's supposed to be. Forget about all these other things, tradition that you did, even if they're working and it sound good. But it's not by works of righteousness that we save anyway. It's by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. It's not of, not of a man that we should boast, but it's of him. You know, let's go a little further here. I know and, and Jesus wasn't concerned about the day. He let man worry about what day it was, you know. Uh, so let's look at, at, at now the Lord of the Sabbath. That's what they missed right there, the revelation that he is the Lord of the Sabbath. You know, you know, he does miracles on his day because he's the Lord of the Sabbath. It's his day. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy unto the Lord, not unto man, not unto his traditions. His day out of all the days and, and, and these religious folks got a problem and they ain't even their day. It's his day. It's his day. Give him credit. It's his day. That's the day you're supposed to be remembering him. That's the day you're supposed to be expecting him to come and be God. If he decided to rest on that day, let him rest. If he decided to do work on that day, let God be God. Have a day where you, where you, where you set aside for God in your life. Verse 10, he says, The Jews therefore said unto him that was cured, it is the Sabbath day. <laughs> they weren't about the traditional day, and the Lord is, a, he's there with them. He's the Lord of the Sabbath. It is not lawful. See, they're talking about the tradition of men. Here Jesus done come, man, fulfilling the law, just about done fulfilled all of it, and they still worrying about the lawfulness of the day. For thee to carry thy bed, and getting on the man now. This man is excited. He done had a miracle. That man doing exactly what Jesus told him to do, man. And so when you're faced with the tradition of men, always remember you have a paraclete walking alongside of you and it's no longer you seek his guidance. Don't get caught up with opinionated people. Don't get caught up in, 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 in tradition. It'll cause you to miss God. Now things shift again to another scene. These same religious folks, along with these, uh, this newly healed man, paints for us a clear picture of dead religion trying to meet the need of this man and the need of a dying, perishing world who have many needs that only Jesus is the answer to solve. Instead of them realizing this, they worried about this man carrying his bed on the Sabbath. They worried about what Jesus just did a miracle. Man, I'd have been jumping and shouting. I'd have been telling all them folks, come on, get in line. Jesus is here. The healer is here. You know, they done heard what he said. They done saw it immediately take effect. And they out there trying to find fault. Just like a lot of folks these days, don't, no matter how hard you preach, sacrifice, teach, and try to help build people up, perfect them for the work of ministry, mature them, let one little thing go wrong or they think or perceive it's wrong. And a lot of times it's because they have such shallow knowledge about what you, when you sell out to God, everybody want to evaluate your perfection. They don't want to take ownership of their two by four and their toothpick. They just want you to take ownership of yours. They don't want to take care of that moat in their eye, but they want to pull out that toothpick and point it out to you every time in your eye. Because people are looking for perfection in people. It ain't going to happen. When they should be looking at willingness and obedience, you know, willing and obedient, faithful to God. Not perfect. You ain't perfect. None of us are. None of us ever will be in these bodies, you know, because Paul said, the life I live in the flesh. I don't live it for me anymore to plead the flesh. So understand that. So you got this crowd of folks doing the same thing here. 
Amen. As we move to close, just a couple more verses, and I'm gonna close this. Uh, and, you know, Amen. And he says, you know, these 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 people with this dead religion, people are perishing all around them. Jesus is the answer, and they focusing on the wrong thing. Why were they focusing on the wrong thing? Because of their religion and their legalism, and it was justified in that day. When, when Moses was teaching, you know, and all that, that, it was justified. But now, see, they failed under that ceremonial ritualistic system. Now, Jesus is here teaching about God that they had uh, abandoned, rejected, you know, going after other gods, creating gods, idolatry and all that stuff. And here Jesus is coming to try to replace that religion and that legalism, and it was, which was based on man's uh, tradition and his worldly tradition, his worldly ways. And so Jesus is coming in with a new and a more excellent way to do things, setting up the kingdom of God and going to be established in grace and in mercy and in truth and in righteousness and peace and in joy in the Holy Ghost. These things, if any man striving aim to please him in these things, according to the book of Romans, chapter 14, verses 17 to 18. Then God is going to accept us now in Christ Jesus and men are going to approve to us, approve of us, says the scripture. Verse 11. He answered them. He that made me whole. Listen at the man. Now, the same said unto me, take up thy bed and walk. Don't, don't beat me up. He the one who said it and it happened. Obviously, their religion is ignorant and void of any truth or power. Definitely ain't based on no authority of the Messiah's true mission. <clears throat> for coming to the earth in the first place. Smart people supposed to know this. They're looking for the Messiah. And he come full of grace and truth, Pastor, and they didn't even recognize him. Verse 12, my last verse. Then as they him, what man is that which said to, unto thee, take up thy bed and walk? This kind of worldly and manly traditional religion is blind folks to the love and compassion of Jesus Christ doing good by helpless folks or for helpless folks who need it the most. Remember now, he said, I will supply all your need according to my riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Christ Jesus done come down, bought the healing with him. He is the healer, transported, carried it to a bunch of people who were seeking healing at the pool. There's another revelation. When you're seeking healing at the pool, Jesus will show up. Yes. Maybe the pool for you, maybe somewhere else for somebody else. Church, it doesn't matter. He's not limited to time and space and location. Mm. He says, showing some Christ-likeness. Jesus didn't only say it, he showed it. He showed it. You know, he showed it. What is it today you want God to show you about himself? Do you want him to reveal his authority, his power over your life? Then turn to him as we close. Look to him, the author, finish and develop your faith. Get this revelation that Jesus Christ <coughs> then, now, and forever has all power and authority over your life in its entirety. I don't care if you're laying in the sick bed in the hospital right now. I don't care if you're jumping and shouting in the pulpit right now. It doesn't matter to Jesus. It doesn't matter where you're at on this planet. I know we got men and women right now around the world that's chiming in and listening. That's good. I pray and hope your ears are hearing what thus say the Lord this morning. I pray and hope that right now you have faith that God is a healer and he can look at you and say, arise, take up your bed of affliction and walk away from it and walk right on by those religious folks who don't believe it anyway. And walk in your victory, not as a victim, 
<coughs> Stop sharing your offenses with people. Let Jesus deliver you. Let him break that off of you and make you whole. And when people come to you and ask you what happened, just tell them about Jesus. All I know is I once was blind, but now I see. All I know is I was once lame, but now I walk. All I know is I was sick and he healed me. And so if you heard the word today, amen. I'm praying that even right now in the name of Jesus, that this word is setting you free right now, that this word is convicting, it's cutting, it's penetrating this morning. And so, Father, this morning, in the name of Jesus, that we come to this time, God, we have heard your word. We've heard, God, about the authority and the power that you have over our lives, not only our lives, but over all life. And we've heard how compassionate you are about the infirmity of those, oh God, who cannot help themselves, who are always looking for some man or some woman. But Paul said, it's not I anyway, but it is a Christ because I've been crucified to what I can do. And we take none of your glory. We take none of your power, God. It's all about you, God. And we endeavor today to point men and women to you, not to ourselves, oh God. Because we have no anointing other than that that they have. Because you've given all believers anointing to destroy the yoke, to free them. And you've given your ministers, your clergy, an additional anointing, oh Lord God. Because they become responsible for those who they lead, those who they shepherd. Not to abuse that anointing, not the glory in that anointing, but only that for those who are impotent and can't help themselves as Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one, God, as he looked upon this man and he said, rise, arise, arise, roll up your bed and walk immediately, Lord God, the man was free. And I pray and hope as they call for the elders of the church and we come and anoint them with oil and we pray and lay hands on them. And it's their faith, oh God, amen, that will heal them and you will raise them up. We don't raise them up. We don't heal them. We don't save them. We're just the instruments that you work through. And I'm praying in the name of Jesus that today if there are any clergy on this Sabbath day that are hearing me right now, God, that they will not be afraid to allow you to do the work through them, God. And God, we know that you will get the glory. We know that you will get the honor. We know that it's not us, as Paul said, but it is the Christ. We've been crucified to flesh, even though we live in the flesh, God. But we do not work in the flesh, God. We work in the spirit of Christ that is in us, oh God. And so we're praying this morning, oh God, in the name of Jesus. That those who are out there seeking healing, whether it be physical healing, whether it be financial healing, God, whatever the level of healing that they're seeking, emotional healing, spiritual healing, whatever the case might be, that today, God, they've heard the word today and that there was a healer. His name is Jesus. He was the incarnated word of God sent into this world, God, even on the Sabbath day to heal those that were bruised, those that were sick, God. And so, Father, we're praying today and declaring today a day of healing for those who are seeking healing of all types and all levels this morning. Even the coronavirus folks right now. God, we're praying for them to be healed in Jesus name. We're praying that on this Sabbath day that you move, God, through the hospitals, that you move through the infested communities, all these places where there are outbreaks right now. I pray that preachers in those areas will begin to preach this today in the name of Jesus, that they'll preach that Jesus, there's a healer. There's a healer that's showing up. There's a healer that wants to show up. He wants to visit your town, your city, your community, your church. He wants to show up as he showed up at that pool and do miracles and do signs and wonders and demonstrate the power of Almighty God, the authority over life. Too many of the clergy, too many of the pastors, God, have forgotten 
what Paul said in the book of Galatians chapter 2 verse 20. They want it to be about them. They want the people to look at them so that the people can go about talking about how their pastor, their apostle, their bishop healed them. When you are the only healer there is, God, that can supernaturally touch God and can supernaturally order people and things happen, oh God, immediately. <clears throat> Even at the woman, oh God. For 18 long years, she couldn't in no wise straighten herself up in the book of Luke, chapter 13, Lord. But that day, God, when you saw her, as you saw this man, as you saw the woman with the issue of the blood, when you saw them, God, and you looked upon them, God, and they were touched, oh, Lord, God, because you were touched, oh, God. You were touched by their infirmities, and they were touched by your compassion. And the Bible says she immediately straightened up, God, and she began to leap in joy and sing praises unto you, God. This man, God, headed to the temple to show himself, God, the woman, oh, God. With the issue of blood, Lord God, she was immediately dried up of her hemorrhage, God. And so, Father, we believe in today that there are those out there today that are sick, those out there today that are physically sick, God, those out there today that are, that are on their last leg, as man have said. But, God, we know you have the final say because you give life to all men, God, and you give light, God. And I'm praying that right now this word is gone out. It's bringing light. It's bringing hope. It's bringing faith. It's causing someone to say, that's a word for me. And they're believing right now because faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And I pray that they're hearing the word right now. I pray clergy, Lord, from the pulpit to the parking lot, the deacon board to the usher board is hearing this word today, Lord God. Preachers and teachers, oh God, hearing this word today, false prophets, false pr 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 prophetess, God, hearing this word and the truth is making them free right now. And they're beginning to understand that we're crucified. It's not us, but it's the Christ in us. He's the hope for these people, God. And I pray that we preach the living revelation of Jesus Christ, his healing miracles, his power to do signs, his power to do wonders, his power to do miracles. To do acts of greatness as we saw in the Gospels, oh God. And so, Father, we pray today in the name of Jesus for the lost out there right now, <clears throat> sick in their soul, that they can be saved. The backsliders, oh God, sick in their minds, that they can be saved. We're praying, oh God, for the prodigal sons and daughters, oh God, sick in their pride, that they can be saved. Brought back to Christ, the first love. Praying, oh God, for gays and straights, Lord God. You called an abomination to be in those lifestyles, that they can be saved today. They can be healed of that, uh, that terrible, inordinate thing called lust of the flesh. Mm. We're praying today for the immature and the mature God, that they've heard something today that caused them to, again, to believe. Because without faith, it's impossible to please you. We're praying today, God, immature and mature God, right now, hearing the word, believing that you can heal any disease, any sickness, any infirmity. Wounded soul, wounded spirit, victim, people that are playing victim, feelings hurt, feel crushed, oh God. Father, we're just praying right now in the name of Jesus <clears throat> for all those out there who missed it, who missed the revelation, who struggle like those who came in a, and, 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 and accused a man of violating the law of Moses, the ceremonial law, God, missed it, that the miracle worker was in town, that he was healing people, Lord God. He was doing miracles, and for that they ought to have been glad, but they were sad because the law was violated. He was the Lord of the Sabbath, oh God. It wasn't about the day, but it was about the one of the day. And it's the same today, God. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. It's not about the day, God, but it's about, Lord God, what he can do on any day. We remember that day and keep that day holy, God, the day that we got delivered, the day that we got saved, the day that I got my healing. That's the day of the, that's the Sabbath. He's the God of the Sabbath, oh God. And we worship the God of the Sabbath. And we introduce him to those out there today that hear this word. And we give you praise. We give you glory. We give you honor for it right now. Let them know the truth, God. Let the truth make them free right now, God. 
We're calling those on the beds of affliction to rise up, roll up your bed and walk today in the Holy Ghost. God. We're praying today in the name of Jesus that all across the face of the earth, everywhere there's a church in other countries, Lord God, that preachers have access to this gospel, to this word, and they'll preach it to their people, Lord God, who are laying on the porches, oh God, impotent, Lord God, sick, on pallets, on beds, can't get up, can't find a man or woman, Lord God, to help them right now. If anything, people are turning away and shying away. When you said if there be any sick among you, let them call for the elders of the church. If you know anything about the healing power of Jesus, then let them call for the elders of the church. Don't send anybody. Go, elders. Go, clergy. Go and lay hands on them. Anoint them with oil and pray the prayer of faith as the half-brother of Jesus instructed us to do in the book of James, chapter 5, verse 13 to 16. And, Father, you said that the, the, the prayer of faith will heal them and that you would raise them up. And so, Father, this is our prayer today, God, the living revelation of Jesus Christ, who has all power and authority over our life completely, whether we're sick or whole or in between. Yes, yes. So, Father, we give you the praise. We give you the glory. We give it honor. Thank you for hearing our prayer this morning and answering them and showing us great and mighty things to Father that we do not know thereof. We love you. We thank you. We appreciate you, God. Thank you right now. We pray for the lost. We pray for the backslidden, the prodigal sons and daughters, gays and straights, God, those out there who struggle with the deity of Christ. We lift them all up to you. We lift our nation up to you. We lift other nations up to you. We lift every family on this line who have sick people in their family, God. We pray today in the name of you that they will be bold enough to share this word with them today, that they may have hope, that they may have faith in the healer that we seek. His name is Jesus who has all power and authority over our life. For it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen and amen. amen. All right, then. Well, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. We are finished with this portion. Amen. We'll pick up at verse 14 uh, in the morning.